0: Now, here is Dr. Arnold with today's message.
1: In the book of Romans, turn there, chapter 2, page 1193 in an old schofield Reference Bible, but I hope that whatever you have in your hands is a, an old King James Version. And if you will, there in the book of Romans, in chapter 2, verse 11, it says, For there is no respect of persons with God. There is none. God so loved the world, he loves everyone in the world. But everyone in the world needs to understand that it is appointed unto every man wants to die. And after this, the judgment. When God shall judge the secrets of men by Jesus Christ according to, and then he says these words, my gospel. I like to believe that I have a gospel. My gospel. It's not one that I devise, but it's one that's been given to me to give to other people. The Lord says that we have the gospel committed to our trust. Therefore we speak not as pleasing men but God which trieth our heart. So I have a gospel that there's a lot of preachers. There are a lot of churches and everybody claims to preach the gospel of Jesus Christ. You have heard even on radio and TV they'll have we're going to have a gospel singing or a gospel song. And many of the songs may not have a thing to do with the gospel. It's a word a term that we use that means good news. The gospel is good news. And I like to believe that the gospel that we preach here, the good news. Have you ever compared the gospel that one man preaches with the gospel that someone else preaches? They're not all the same. I like to believe that the gospel that I preach is not only good news, it's better news. I wrote down seven things on why I believe that the message that we preach is better If you ever wanted to have fun, if you go and visit other churches or maybe some of you come from another church and you're just visiting with us today. Or if you hear of anybody, you ever go to some other church and you visit, never be afraid of asking the preacher questions. Find out what he believes. Where does he stand on various things? Never be afraid of putting a preacher on the spot. Don't be afraid of embarrassing the preacher. If he doesn't know what he believes and doesn't know how to defend what he believes, he ought not be doing what he's telling. He ought to go find them something else to do. But a preacher is supposed to know what he believes and he's supposed to know why he believes what he believes and should want other people to believe what he believes so he shouldn't be afraid of people asking him what he believes. Should he? So you ought to be bold enough to ask a person, what do you believe? I would like to believe that whenever you come here, it won't take you long to find out what I believe. I try to make it very simple, very clear. My message is not general. I have very specific points that I say, this is where we stand here, and this is where we stand here. This is what we believe. This is what we don't believe. So that you know what I teach. One of the statements that I have wrote down, and I want you to turn in your Bible to 1 John chapter 5 and verse 13. Simply ask yourself this question. Which is better news? To think, hope, or guess you're going to heaven? Or know you're going to heaven? Now which would be better? Would it be better to know you're going to heaven? Or to hope that you're going to heaven? Which would be best? To know that you're going to heaven. I'm glad you said that. Why? Because, you see, that's what I preach. Not everybody preaches that. But I preach that. And it is better. So evidently I might have a better message. I'm not just the typical Joe Blow in the pulpit who wants to just spout off and waste his time. Maybe I have a message worth hearing, preaching, supporting, and encouraging others to hear. Here in 1 John chapter 5, look at verse 13. This is what I believe. These things have I written unto you that believe on the name of the Son of God, that you may think that you have eternal life. Is that what it says? Does it say hope? Does it say guess? What does it say? That you can know that you have eternal life. Well, see, I believe that it's better to know that you're going to heaven than it is for somebody to hope that they're going to heaven. And many preachers, all they can do is give you hope. I can help you to know that you have eternal life and that you're going to heaven. Let me ask you another question. Which is better news, to have a payment for most of your sins or all of your sins? Is it better to know that Christ died for some of your sins or to believe that He died for all of your sins? Well, of course it's better to know that He paid for all of your sins because if there's one sin that He didn't pay for, that one sin could condemn you to hell. And any preacher that believes you can lose your salvation, it's because there's a sin that you committed that wasn't paid. Isn't that terrible? Well, see, I don't believe that you can lose your salvation. I believe that when Christ died, he paid for all the sins of all the world. I believe that. I believe that the message that we preach here is a a little bit better. Well, it's not a little bit better. It's a whole lot better. And I think you should believe that. Let me ask you another question. Take your Bible and turn to John 3, 16. I I know that most of you all have heard this verse. But I want to show you one thing there in John chapter 3 and verse 16. Is it better to be saved for a day, for a month, for a year, or would it be better to be saved forever? Which would be the best? If you could get saved, if any man could get saved, would it be better to be saved for a day? Would it be better to be saved for a, a month? Would it be better to be saved for a year, or would it be better to be saved forever? Which we would you rather have? If you had a choice, which would you rather have? You'd rather be saved for how long? forever well lo and behold slap my mouth that's what I believe now a lot of preachers do not teach that if they don't teach that not only is our message better than their message their message is dead wrong it's a dead message a wrong message it's in there if the Bible had said in John three sixteen, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believeth in him shall be saved for a day now that might be good for a day it might be good if you could be saved for a month or saved for a year but that's the way it is with a lot of people they don't believe that whenever you get saved you are saved forever well I wonder what the Bible says in John 3 16 let's just read what he says here See there in verse 16, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but he shall not go to hell in the future, but have, what kind of life? Everlasting life. Now, if God had said that if you believed on him, you would be saved for a day, would you be guaranteed that you would at least be saved for a day? True, yeah. If God had said you'd be saved for a month, then at least you would be guaranteed to be saved during that month. If God had said, I guarantee you, you'll be saved for a year, at least you know during that year you couldn't go to hell because you'd be saved for a year. But what if God said forever, everlasting, it lasts forever. It means that I am guaranteed that I have eternal life forever. Now, a lot of people don't believe that. People need to check the gospel That some preachers say they believe. And walk up and say, do you believe that once you're saved, you're always saved? If they say, oh no, get out of there. Don't give them a dime. Anybody on radio or TV, they are false teachers. False preachers. Have nothing to do with them. They're not good men. Well, they're good people, they're just doing their job a different way. No, they're not. They are not good men. They're wicked men. I don't care how well they dress, how sweet they may be. They are wicked men preaching a wicked message. Now, I have a better message. I have a gospel that not only can save for a day or a month or a year, but he says forever. Let me ask you another question. Is it better to have a salvation you can lose or a salvation you can't lose? Just listen to the words. Is it better to have a salvation that you can lose or to have a salvation you can't lose? Which would be the best? To have a salvation you can't lose. Well, slap my mouth. I got a better one again. Because a lot of people believe you can lose your salvation after you are saved. I believe you can't. Well, it doesn't matter, Will, really, if I think mine is better. What does the book say? I'm glad you asked. Now, look there in the book of John chapter 6. Look in John chapter 6, two verses that are very important. In verse 37 he says, All that the Father giveth me shall come to me, and him that cometh to me I will in no wise cast out unless he sins again. Is that what your Bible said? Your Bible didn't say that. It says, I will in no wise cast out. That means that once you come to Christ and you trust him, he will never cast you out. Look what he says in verse 39. Verse 39 says, and this is the father's will, which hath sent me, that of all which he hath given me, I should lose nothing. Lose nothing. If he saves me, he's taking me to heaven. He will never cast me out for any reason. You mean regardless of what I do? Regardless of what I do. I can never be cast out. He will not lose me. He's saving me. He's taking me to heaven and he will not lose me. Some people believe that you can get lost. You can lose your salvation. He will cast you out. What The Bible don't teach that. So if I teach what Jesus teaches, then my message must be better. I must have a better gospel than someone else who says they got the gospel, but their good news is not even as good as my good news. Listen to it. Is it better to have a salvation you can lose or a salvation you can't lose? It's better to have one you can't lose. That's what I got. That's better than one that you can't lose. And that's not the Bible. That's why the Bible says this is good news. To go into all the world and preach the gospel of Jesus Christ. I think if He wanted us to preach the gospel to every person in the world, He ought to give us the best message possible. And that's what we have. But there's a lot of people that don't believe that God loves people that much that He would give them eternal life and never cast them out and never lose them. But I believe that He will. Another question Is it better to receive? Eternal life that is temporary or eternal life that is eternal. Now that's a paradox. If God was to give me eternal life as a gift. Is it better to have this gift temporary or eternal? Which would be the best? Eternal would be the best. Well that's what I got. That's what I preach. I must have a superior message. Than any preacher that teaches it, you can lose it. Now don't you dare think for a moment, all preachers are the same. They are not the same. All churches are not the same. I believe what it teaches right here in this book. That he would give us as a free gift everlasting life. L- let me ask you another question. Is it better to receive eternal life as a free gift or by living a perfect life? Many preachers teach you have to live a good life in order to get it. Now, if you had, God had eternal life, and here it is. What would be the best way for you to be sure of getting it? Him giving it to you as a free gift, or you deserve it? Which would be the best? Which would probably be secure? Which would probably mean you'd really get it if it was free? But if you had to earn it, you wouldn't earn it. You couldn't earn it. Because, you see, you don't have to be good to go to heaven. You have to be perfect. And you cannot bring forth good works unless you're good. You can't bring forth perfect works unless you're perfect. And the Bible says there is none good, no, not one. We're all sinners, and so sinners bring forth sins. We bring forth imperfection. No lost man in a sinful nature can bring forth good works that'll get him to heaven. That's why salvation is the gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. Isn't that clear? So if it's better to receive eternal life as a gift than working for it, then evidently the gospel that I preach here is superior to anyone who teaches any other gospel. And there's a lot of people who teach of the gospel. Christ says, or I should say the Apostle Paul in the book of Corinthians in chapter 11, says, I am fearful because... I fear that the devil who will beguile you shall corrupt your minds from the simplicity that is in Christ. And many will bear with a false gospel, a false Christ, and a false Holy Spirit. They bear with it. They don't see anything that wrong with it. Listen, truth is truth. Truth is truth. A lie is not the truth. And while sometimes truth is putting on its shoes, a lie can go halfway around the world. Is it better to receive the Holy Spirit the moment you're saved or at some arbitrary date? If I was going to receive the Holy Spirit, when would it be best to receive the Holy Spirit? The moment you're saved or at some un- arbitrary date out there in the future somewhere? It'd be better to receive the Holy Spirit when you get saved. Well, slap my mouth. That's what I believe. It's better. And as you go through and you study the Bible, you find out the Bible is very clear and the message is very good. It's better than any message ever devised by any man. Man cannot compete with the clearness and the purity of the gospel of the Jesus Christ itself. Man is always wanted to add something to it. But all they do is dilute the gospel of Jesus Christ. Paul says, I'm rebuking the Peter even, because he says that the truth of the gospel might remain with you. The truth of the gospel might remain with you. Now, I want to give you a couple of the strong points of believing once saved, always saved. Why I'm not afraid of those words and very thankful for those words that once a man is saved, he is always saved. I wrote seven things down. You know, as you know, most preachers have to have a seven-point outline. Well, I happen to come up with just seven. I don't know why. It just works that way. But number one, one of the strong points is that once saved, always saved. Once you're saved, you're always saved. Now, think about it. Isn't that a good thing to know? That once you're saved, you are always saved. A lot of people don't have that confidence and that assurance that you have. I have it because I understood this when I trusted Christ as my Savior. The man who won me to Christ helped me to see and understand that God meant exactly what he said. So I knew that once I trusted the Lord, I had eternal life. That I was saved forever. The second point, once his child, always his child. You see, I meet people once in a while and I'll either pull out a track and give it to them or talk to them about the Lord. And sometimes people say, you mean you believe in that damnable doctrine of once saved, always saved? I had a preacher tell me that. And that's exactly what they called it. If you're wrong on the gospel, everything else doesn't matter because, you see, if you don't get to heaven... Who cares about all the other great teaching? What's the gospel? It doesn't matter what church you go to when you go in there and you try to compare this and compare that. What's the message the man is preaching in the pulpit? That's what's important. It's the gospel being preached. That's why I want people to support our radio and our TV minutes. Why? Because we have a gospel we believe is worth putting on the air trying to reach people with it. Not just one of many not filtered with a lot of uh, man-made opinions in it, but the pure gospel of Jesus Christ. And we believe that once a man is saved, he is a child. And once a child of God, always a child of God. Why should that be so hard for people to believe And once saved, always saved? We believe a lot of other things. Do you believe a man once in hell is always in hell? You believe that? I do. I believe once a man's in hell, he's always in hell. I believe once a man has gone to heaven to be with the Lord, he's always with the Lord. Well, I can believe that. Well, why can't I believe things that he says down here? Am I better off believing that my security is better off if I was in heaven with Christ than on earth with his word? His word here is just as good as his presence there. I don't have to be in heaven to feel more secure. I am just as secure right here on this, in this world, in this old sinful body, knowing the word of God. I am just as secure. I have just as many guarantees. And I have no fear of ever losing my salvation. All my sins are paid. This is a great thing to know and to believe. Once you're his child, how long are you his child? Forever. Only God's children go to heaven. But everybody in the world are not God's children. That is, they which are the children of the flesh, they shall not inherit the kingdom of God. But once you are born into God's family, you have eternal life, you're God's child. Once you're a child of God, you're always a child of God. Number three, once forgiven, always forgiven. I'm glad to know that once I have been forgiven of all my sins, the penalty paid for all my sins... They never have to be done again. They are placed in the depths of the sea, is removed as far as the east is from the west. I'll never have to confront them again. They're all gone. And the Bible says that once forgiven, they're always forgiven. They'll never be brought up again. That's a good thing to know. A lot of people don't have that comfort. They don't have that assurance. But I do. You say, well, why do you have to confess your sins? Now, I don't confess any sin to go to heaven. I have never confessed one sin to go to heaven. But if I want to have fellowship between me and God, if I want to have fellowship between me and my wife or my kids or other people that I wrong, yes, I need to confess that. But not one of those sins that I have ever committed since the time I've been saved can ever condemn me to hell. The penalty has been forever paid, never has to be done again. But if you want to keep a clean slate between you and the Lord, yes, you own up to it and you admit it and call it what it is. And if we, as God's children, if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us of our sin. That's not for salvation. That's for fellowship. And if you read the first chapter of John there in 1 John, you'll see that and understand that. And many people take verses out of context and apply it in the wrong way. And it will not help them grow spiritually. Number four, once a saint, always a saint. You want to know what a saint looks like? Look up here. I'm a saint. Not Bernard. I am a saint. You are a saint. If you have trusted Jesus Christ as your Savior, you are a saint. You see, that word comes from a Greek word, hagiazo, meaning to be made pure and holy. The moment you trusted Christ as your Savior, you were made pure and holy and set apart for the Lord. Once you are a saint, you are always a saint. And no saint goes to hell. You are God's child forever. Once a saint, always the same. You see, whenever you can believe once saved, always saved, you can believe the rest. But if you don't believe once saved, always saved, you can't believe that once a child, always a child of God. You can't believe that once forgiven, always forgiven. You can't believe that either because you still believe that there's a sin that will condemn you to hell because you weren't forgiven for it. You see, the key is you have to believe that once you're saved, you're always saved. For all the rest of the greatest promises in the Word of God to mean anything to you. And if you don't believe that one point, you can't believe the rest. You can't believe that once you're a saint, you're always a saint. Why? Because if you believe you can lose your salvation, you can't always be a saint. Number five, once glorified, always glorified. I'm not glorified yet. One of these days, the Lord's going to come back. And those that are alive will be changed in a moment, the twinkling of an eye, and we'll have a glorified body. It means a body that's perfect. Remember the Bible says that all have sinned and come short of the glory of God or short of God's perfection. So these bodies are going to be made perfect. My body isn't perfect right now. It's got a lot of flaws. So does yours. But one day we're going to get a brand new body, a glorified body. But once I get a glorified body, it'll always be a glorified body can never be undone. It's from now on. All eternity. That's a great thing to know. But a lot of people don't believe that. But I believe that. But all these great truths hinges upon one thing. The truth of the gospel. Are you saved forever? If you're saved forever, then all the rest of these things, you can see it. But if you don't believe that, you won't see this other. And that's the problem that 99% of all these preachers are having. And they're confusing the people that sit in the, uh, in the pew. I had a preacher tell me one time, he says, you mean you believe in that damnable doctrine of once saved, always saved? There is no other salvation. And you're either eternally saved or you're not saved at all. Number six, once with the Lord, always with the Lord. Once you're with the Lord, always with the Lord. He said he'll never cast you out, never lose you, never forsake you. He will never forsake you. Even when you leave this world and you're in heaven and you're with the Lord, how long are you going to be with the Lord? Forever with the Lord. Once with the Lord, forever with the Lord. It'll never be changed. You'll always be with him. Can you find in the Bible the saved man Christ ever lost? If you open your Bible and read it from beginning to end, can you find in there one man God ever saved and lost? Can you find one? Where does it say anywhere in there? One man, one man. And yet how many people teach it? They can't find one man. One example. There's none. Can you find the man that Christ ever saved twice? Can you find one man in the Bible or a woman that he ever saved twice? Because, you see, if a man can get saved and then he gets lost, can he get saved again? Well, a lot of preachers teach that. That's what they call being backslidden. Oh, I believe a Christian can backslide in the sense that is if they've ever gone far enough forward in their walk with the Lord, but no Christian can ever lose their salvation. You see, that is a heretical teaching. That's slamming the gospel of Jesus Christ. Hebrews chapter 10 and look in verse 10. By the which will we are sanctified, that word means to be made pure and holy and set apart. Through the offering of the body of Jesus Christ, what's the next three words? Once for all, once you believe that he did that for you, he puts that payment he made on the cross to your account. And you are washed pure and clean as though you've never sinned in your whole life. By grace are you saved through faith, that not of yourself. It is the gift of God, and not of works, lest any man should boast. Now look in verse 14. Hebrews chapter 10, verse 14 says, For by one offering he hath perfected forever them that are sanctified. Perfected forever. I wonder what those words mean. Remember this. If you're depending upon your good works to get you to heaven, you're lost. Your salvation had to be purchased with something that was incorruptible with the precious blood of Jesus Christ. Look up here. Letting this hand represent you and me and this wallet represents sin. We all have sin upon us. Now God says he loves us. He hates our sin. And our sins separates us from God. The Bible says we've all sinned and the payment of that sin is eternal separation from God in hell. And that's why everybody's condemned because everybody sins. We need a Savior. This hand represents Jesus Christ, God in the flesh. He came into the world because He loves us. Now He hates our sin because it separates us from Him. So Christ took the sin, paid for it on the cross, came back from the dead. God said if we'll believe that He did it for us, He'd put this payment that He already made to our account. And we would go to heaven on what Jesus Christ did for us. That is applying the blood to the soul. And it washes you white as snow. Nothing else will do it. There is no other detergent in the world. It had to come from outside of this world, the incorruptible blood of Jesus Christ. Let's
0: pray. Telling someone how to go to heaven is the greatest thing we can do in this life. To prepare you, Pastor Yankee Arnold is offering you his book, Gospel Driven Man, Absolutely Free. Gospel Driven Man explains in simple steps how to successfully share the gospel. To get your free copy of Gospel Driven Man, write to Yankee Arnold Ministries, 7028 West Waters Avenue, Suite 316, Tampa, Florida 33634. Or email Yankee Arnold at yankee at yankeearnold.com. That's yankee at yankeearnold.com. Thanks for listening to today's broadcast.